The word became flesh. John 1.14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father. Full of grace and truth. Well, Merry Christmas, Redemption Peoria. Thanks. Let's just try that one more time. Merry Christmas. There we go. Okay. Um, welcome. It's good to see you. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, I'm just going to take about 10 minutes to kind of share uh, some of the things we're hearing, and then we'll continue to sing a couple more songs. Uh, it will be brief, and we will light our candles at the end, and then we will be out of here to go and enjoy the rest of the festivities that you have planned probably for the evening. As I've been thinking about things recently, um, I've been thinking a lot about stories and how stories shape us, how they form us, how they make us who we are. And even as you think about your holiday traditions, your Christmas traditions, if you think about those traditions, they probably shape you in some form or fashion. I mean, just think about the things that you have traditions around and how those shape your feelings about Christmas, whether good, bad, or indifferent. I was talking to a friend recently, and we were talking about family traditions and kind of swapping back and forth. What do you guys do? What do you guys do as a family? And one of the things that made both of our lists, I don't know if it makes your list, is watching Christmas movies uh, as a family. We do that all the time during the holidays. And whenever you have that conversation, typically what happens is you start ranking, like what's the best holiday, what's the best Christmas movie? And if you're familiar, there's a movie, a really old movie, called It's a Wonderful Life from 1946. It's Jimmy Stewart, Donna Reed, and this is kind of a classic film. If you've never seen it, we're just gonna watch a one-minute trailer right now. And even if you haven't seen the movie, you probably have seen some scenes in this trailer. So let's watch this one-minute clip of it's a Wonderful Life. How many of you have seen, even if you haven't seen that movie, you've seen one of those clips at some point in your life, right? There's a good number of us. When I start having this conversation about best movies and best Christmas movies, this one always kind of comes to the top and I'm flabbergasted. I'm like, have you seen Home Alone or Elf or Die Hard? Like this, is, this doesn't make any sense. How could this movie and and some of it is, I just never took the time to slow down and actually watch it, but I don't know how many times I saw that clip of that little girl held in her dad's arms that says what? Every time a bell rings an angel. How annoying is that little girl? I'm like, there's no way this is the best Christmas movie of all time. And not only that, some people would say, it's my favorite movie of all time. And I'm going, you people are insane. Do you not watch movies? Do you? And then so finally in college, I slowed down enough and I was like, okay, I gotta watch this movie. Because everybody's talking about how amazing it is. And every time I see this clip, I'm like, this movie has gotta be terrible. I finally sat down and watched it. It's the best Christmas movie ever. <laughs> if you haven't sat down and watched the story, maybe one of the best movies ever because, man, I never slowed down enough to really pay attention to what the story was actually saying. I just saw little clips of it. And if you're in this room tonight, that might be you with your history in Christianity. You might be here with a family member and you might know some of the little bits and you go, okay, well, I know there's a story about a baby named Jesus born. I know the Easter story, you kind of show up on those types of things and you're going like, how is this the best story ever? This doesn't make any sense. Do you know the other stories that are out there? And how could these things, because they kind of feel annoying, they kind of feel like, okay, I know this part already, we're gonna read the story again. Like, but until you slow down and you read the Bible, it's the best story ever. 
And for some of us, man, we're going through life and we're quickly trying to find some type of solution to our problems. And your life has purpose. And you're going like, wow, I know, but at the end of the day, I kind of feel unfulfilled a little bit still. And you look around, you go, well, I just think that's life. I think everybody feels that way. And if you haven't slowed down enough to know who Jesus is, I'm telling you, you don't know the real story. There's something about knowing and following Jesus as you slow down and not just look at a preview of the Bible, not these little clips that you just somehow catch over time or you experience with people, but you slow down and you read the story and you start to understand what the story's about. That's about a God that created you, loves you wants a relationship with you, deeply pursues you. And when you surrender your life to that God, you'll never be the same. But you have to slow down to do it. Otherwise, you're just going to go through life and you're going to feel annoyed by Christians. I'm annoyed by Christians all the time, right? We have to slow down enough to understand the story. Another part of the story that we don't often understand or we might be confused about is that if there is a God, if that is true, and he wants to know me, he wants to dwell with me, even these stories we're reading in the Old Testament, the New Testament, he sends his own son, Jesus, to have a relationship with me. If that's really true and that God is holy and righteous, like, man, I better clean up my act for him. I don't know how many of you in here are family visiting from out of town. We have some family coming in at the back end of Christmas. They'll be coming from California and these family members are important to me. I love them. And when they come and they stay at our house, man, I want the bed sheets clean. I want things vacuumed, clean up the dog hair. Like, I'm preparing for people I care about to host them. <clears throat> and if they came tomorrow, we wouldn't be ready. <laughs> I was like, don't, don't come tomorrow. <laughs> like, come in a couple days, like when you said you're going to come. And some of us treat God that way. We go like, man, I... If this God is really who he says he is, I better clean up my act before he comes to be with me. And we go, I, I got to clean up my mess. I, I got this thing that like, I don't want to show God, and, and I have to clean it up before I engage in relationship with him. And again, we somehow feel that as part of the story, but when we slow down and we read the story, that's just not true. Even think of the Christmas story, how Jesus decides to come. He doesn't come. He comes in the mess. He comes born in a stable, in a manger. He doesn't come in a way that we would go, oh, it's all perfect. It's all right. It's all clean. And the same thing is true with us personally. Some of us, again, we get caught up in worrying about cleaning ourselves up before God. And that's actually the opposite of the gospel. <laughs> It's the opposite of the Bible story, if you slow down and you read it enough. And this, I suppose, is precisely the point of Jesus' invitation to us in Advent, not to tidy ourselves up for his arrival, but to welcome him in our unreadied mess. Jesus, after all, again, didn't schedule his arrival on earth with an eye toward a well-prepared accommodation. In the story, he comes in the mess. I love the way Greg Coles says it. He says, the miracle of Advent, the mystery of it, the scandal of it, has something to do with the unworthiness of the place God chooses to dwell. Jesus becomes Emmanuel, God with us, not because the mess of earth has been swept away to greet him, but because the mess is so great that only an incarnate God 
can save us from. Man, the mess I want to clean up to make room for Jesus is the same mess that Jesus comes to dwell in. And that's just good news. It's good news. So wherever you are in this Christmas season, as stories have shaped you and continue to shape you, let me just encourage you to slow down and really examine the true story of the world in the Bible. Really examine the true story found in who Jesus is and his desire for you, that he wants to dwell with you even in the midst of your mess. Don't let your mess be the reason that you don't allow God in your life. That's where he wants to dwell. He wants to dwell in the mess. And that's good news. Well, again, we're going to sing a song. We're going to have an opportunity to give a special Advent gift and offering, and then we'll sing a couple more songs. The last song we'll sing, O Holy Night, we'll light these candles as we sing. Turn the lights down, we'll light the candles. Uh, there's tea light candles in case you don't want your children to have flames. There's a couple of firefighters here. I feel like we're fine. <laughs> but you be the parent and decide that on your own. But what we'll do is we'll light these candles. Jim and Josh will come down the middle aisle and they'll light the edges. And then you will turn to your neighbor and you will pass the light on back and forth. And really what this time is, I mean, it gives you all the Christmas feels, right? It's great. But it's really a metaphor for the truth and the story of Jesus. That we don't conjure up light on our own. We don't kind of manufacture it out of nowhere. Like it has to be sent to us. And as it's sent to us, we pass it to our neighbors to love them, to care for them. And as we pass it to our neighbors, you'll see what happens in the room. The room changes. And that's the call for us as we follow Jesus in this story. So let me pray for us. We'll continue to sing and celebrate. And let that be a reminder as we light these candles together in this last song. Would you focus on the words? Would you listen to what the words are? And would you slow down enough in your life to begin to examine this story and not just see the clips and highlights of it. Let's pray. Father, thanks for your goodness to us, for your love for us, for the truth that gets unlocked in the person of Jesus that comes to fix the mess. And we're a mess. We thank you that you come to us. You give us light in a dark world. Help us cling to that life. Help us slow down to understand the story and help us understand what the Christmas season really is all about. We love you. We pray this in your name. Amen.